right, with Oliver Crawford talking to us in front of the Tower of London, London, England. That's the first for me. A Tree Fall Today, Fell Today was is the short film. What an amazing film. Not an easy film, let's put it that way. It's a very difficult subject, very difficult uh, film to watch, but you're left. Obviously, I watched it again today. It's like it, this this made me think for a long time. This is this film does not leave you. I think it was that your intention, Oliver. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think with, with any um, story or with all of my work, I try and have a quite a hard-hitting, important message behind it all. Um, and again, this was a, a, this was a hard movie to make and a sort of even harder film to watch. And that was something we really tried to push across to get those quite important points home, really. Yeah, so tell me, okay, so this is based on, uh, this is a personal story for you or kind of mentioning in the blog interview? Uh, yeah, so I mean, um, I... Um, a friend of mine sort of tragically passed away in an accident. Um, so there was kind of that, that element of sort of grief and how people deal with that and, and the mental health that goes behind that. Um, and a colleague of mine had written a kind of basic outline uh, concept script that dealt with some of these issues and the rest of it. So we kind of took that um, as the basis and then sort of added onto it, built in the more science fiction elements um, to try and get the story home a bit so it wasn't too out there. And, um, and then pushed a few more sort of important issues and elements um, into that story, really. Yeah, okay, so that's a very, it's a very deep, like, uh, dramatic film, but like, as you described, it's, it's very visual. It's got some fantastical elements to it where you're kind of in the mind of certain people or you're, you're going into certain rooms. So this is a pretty difficult film to kind of like put together in terms of the cinematic design. So, but tell me about like what your what, like what, what was your collaboration? Did you work with your DP, your production designer? Like what? How long did it take to get this kind of like this all figured out? Because it's almost like a maze in a sense, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. And like you said, sort of you know each time she walks through, it's going from memory to memory to memory. So it's yeah. you know visually you want to have something that's striking and separates one place from another, just so the audience easily understand that. Um, and yeah, you know, listen, I, I always sit down with, with my DOP and my designer. We hash things out. We go through what's going to work, what's, what might not work, the way we want to go through it. I mean, I think as anyone knows, prep is probably the most important part of any film. Um, you know, if you prep well, the inevitable that will go wrong, you're still always covered. Yeah. So, you know, um, and sitting down and working out the visual tone and stuff like that prior. So when you're there, you're good to go. And you know, in every day, I, I like to do a bit of blocking before each scene, go it through so the actors know where they're going, where they feel comfortable. You know, maybe they would move more naturally like this. So, you know, we'll adapt it and try and work around to, to really bring out the best performance from the cast. Gotcha. So it wasn't like completely storyboarded. It was more kind of blocked out and then you kind of had a vision and then you kind of like figured it out, like some of it on set, I guess. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I listen, I'm, I'm sure like most people, I would love to, kind of storyboard a lot of stuff and then you're so set beforehand and go in unfortunately just due to the timings we had um to put this together because we shot this over two days uh, uh, and it's all one location okay so we we logistically chose somewhere that was an abandoned what's well, going to be knocked down um old estate block so that we could dress it do what we wanted and then weren't responsible afterwards but it also meant that we didn't have any location moves yeah. so you can then turn everything you wanted into it um, without losing time of moving the whole unit from A to B um, and obviously the additional costs to go with that. So, you know, we worked with that and then sort of, you know, I went in a day or two before. I mean, our art department were really down to the nail. Like, 
you know, we had guys sort of still doing bits of wallpaper three hours before we're turning up for the first day of shoot. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a little stress makes it more fun, right? <laughs> yeah, and in, in, in terms of your lane design, it was like, you're, I guess you can be a little bit uh, fanatical because meaning that it's like it's almost in the mind of somebody. So you can be kind of uh, creative with the lighting. Like you have some green shots, like you have some really interesting kind of unique situations. Did you guys plan that in advance? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, the kind of the flashes and stuff was. Yeah. Um, there was two reasons for that. See, and one element we didn't get to pull off in the end, which is quite a, a nice story. But um, basically, what it was meant to be the opening, where you see the living room with the pictures, and you kind of start going into it over the title sequence. That was that was scripted as as a thunderstorm happens inside. So we had rain machines set up, and the idea was physical rain fell down. So immediately the audience understand you're not in the real world, and this is something a bit strange. And visually, you know, it would have looked great. Um, and funnily enough, when we got there, you know, we sort of prepped the, prepped the location for a week, and suddenly we noticed, well, hold on, some of our stuff, some of our um, props and stuff have moved around a bit. What's going on? Uh, and then one night we found this young young Spanish guy had basically been squatting there, and had been living in these apartments. Uh, unbeknownst to us because because the council blocks they leave the, the hot water on yeah so i think it's quite a common thing so anyway so morally then it came to the point of artistically do i do this with the rain machine which obviously would have looked great but morally i'm essentially destroying someone's someone's home in a way um so in the end i, I think we took the high ground and um decided not to use that and actually just covered it with lighting effects and sound effects and um then to help the guy out we actually left a lot of the furniture that wasn't hired um, to him. So we kind of then, rather than him being in a sleeping bag on the floor, we ended up giving him sofas and bits of beds and you know anything we could sort of offer to him to help him out a little bit. Um, and he kindly you know, said he could stay somewhere else for a bit whilst we were prepping and shooting for the rest of it. So um, yeah, so it would have been more extreme <laughs> um, with that element. But I think, I think, like I said, morally, I'm pretty sure we did the right thing. Yeah, well, at the same time, you you still serve the story too, right? Like you're you're able to be creative within the confines. And, and listen, you're a better man than most. Most people would just care about their film, right? So in their vision, but that's a pretty great yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you know, you got to try and you know, at the end of the day, one shot in my film that if I can get around it, and the consequence of it's someone else's life, like their entire life, and you got to think what that must be like. So, you know, as, as much as I wanted that shot and it was important, it's not as important as someone else's life. And I could find another way of doing it um, that wouldn't affect anybody. So why not do that? Right. So tell me about your, your two actors. Uh, they were they were amazing. Obviously, they, they're, they're your film. <laughs> they have to go through a lot of uh, emotional journeys as an arc of the one character for sure. Uh, tell me about finding these two actors. Where did you get them? Yeah. So, again, through casting agents, um, Olivia had been had been recommended to me previously and we sat down and everything just sort of clicked really well. Um, she kind of really got the story and brought some really nice elements to it. Um, Jordan at the time actually hadn't really acted before. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, but was, but, you know, immediately I could see something there. And and, I, you know, I sat down with both of them and went, I'll be honest, like, I'm really going to push you and you have to be OK with that. You know, I'm not going to, it's not going to be a surprise, but we're going to, you know, what I need to bring out of you in these performances is a lot of emotion and this is going to be really hard. And, you know, I might, you know, we might do some stuff that could consider a bit extreme and things to, to really push you and, and draw that out of you. And both of them were on board and, you know, it's communication, right? As long as your cast were looked after, 
um, and understood and you kind of are very clear about everything. I don't, there wasn't really a problem. Um, but yeah, I think it was, you know, it's tough for anyone to kind of get to that level and to draw out some of those things they had to. And I think, you know, the performances were just incredible, really. Um, especially, you know, the end scene where they kind of go into the, I don't want to ruin it too much, but yeah. that end scene, the memory she doesn't want to face and then she eventually faces. I mean, the first take we did that, I just kept it going and I was actually sitting behind the monitors, man. I was like, tears falling down my face. It was incredible. Um, and I think that paid off really well in the end product as well. And uh, I'd say, yeah, all our cast were fantastic. And Catherine as well, who plays a psychiatrist at the end, you know, having that sternness towards everything we've just gone through. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, for, for such a delicate subject and such a hard-hitting subject, they were really open to it and really went with it. And I think, you know, you can just tell, really. And you only had two days to do it, so you're very, like, you got to be quick. It's a 17-minute film. Like, there's a lot of scenes there to do, like, over, like, over and over again in, in a two-day span, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, it was a so it was a twenty-page script originally um, that I knew obviously had to be less because we were sort of aiming for less. And actually, it ended up being a fifteen-minute, fourteen, fifteen-minute film. But then the titles took it over, which is, yeah. in hindsight, you know, I've kind of I learned from that a bit that maybe we should have we should have put those titles down. But um, yeah, we I mean, we had to cut some scenes. We had a lot of extra prosthetics. We had scenes of like you know, there's a scene in, in the mirror where she takes the blade and she scalps herself. Yeah, was one of the seeds. Like you know, we really pushed it, and we had to then sit down after day one and be like, okay, where are we at? What have we got? And what are the bare bones that we really need to push this forward? And what's going to really slow us up? And obviously, anything with heavy prosthetics <laughs> and blood effects and anything like that is really gonna is gonna take up time. So that uh, you know, you've got to sort of choose the babies and and decided to get rid of that that and a few others, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, so like just like going through those scenes that they have to go through, like the death of a of a of a baby is like the most heartbreaking. It's got to be the most heartbreaking thing a person can ever go through. And so they had to perform this the scene. You gave the audience the scene, and yeah. uh, it was unbelievable. Like just like just like tears flowing down. You're you're expecting the everybody to cry during your movie, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was interesting, obviously, because we just come out of the back of lockdown. Um, the film's been doing very well, but a lot of the festivals, you know, either because of flight restrictions or something else, we haven't been able to be there yeah. um, in front of the audience. And, and then the few that we are, um, it's really interesting because you see everyone else might have a smaller, lighter movie or something like that. Um, and then everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. And there's a, a big round of applause oh, yeah. at the end of us. You know, there's this, there's this fantastic silence of just like, yeah. wow, which, you know, was our intention, you know, 100% to come out of it going, you know, this isn't something that should be taken lightly and forgotten. This should really sit with you and you should think about it and discuss it and, uh, and have those moments, um, you know, between you and other audience members yeah. and trying to understand and dissect what it is you've seen. And then hopefully it will keep pushing those conversations and, you know, keep making stories like this that, that are, um, are helping people who are affected by these, these elements. Yeah, that's exactly it. And the, the, but the character of, uh, the character of uh, Elise, like she she like has lost everything right like so basically like so she she's lost the baby she's lost uh her lover like in like so but she keeps going forward so there's something really kind of interesting about this character right yeah i mean and then that's the and that's kind of the end of the end of the movie really that we're yeah. trying to say is that you know this is a process and as long as you keep going on 
you know, you have to face the things you don't want to face. And if you keep pushing forward and you keep fighting, you will, you will get there. But then obviously with that, with the big, with the big queue of people at the end is to show like, it's not just you, like everyone, yeah. everyone goes through grief, everyone goes through loss and everyone goes through hardships and mental health. And, you know, and again, I think that understanding that it's not just on your own, because it can be quite isolating. Um, and knowing that if you go on, you know, it will get better as, as hard as that can sometimes be. Um, but, you know, you've got to sit in the room with yourself and, and with these issues and, and sort of face them as tough as that can be. And, and eventually, you know, you'll learn to live with it and sort of move on. I don't even think move on is necessarily the right word. I yeah. think, you know, move forward. Move forward, I think, is a better way of putting it. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, yeah, for me, you know, there was a lot going on. Um, and part of my process, I think, funnily enough, in hindsight, was probably making this film. That's what I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, or sort of maybe as a mild coping mechanism. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to say too much. But, um, yeah, so it was, it was really helpful for me, actually. Um, and helpful, again, because you're having these conversations about these topics with, with the crew and with the cast. And, you know, like, you know, like I said, with that end scene, everyone's been through it and everyone's been through some sort of issues or loss in their lives. Um, and then when you can try and anything you can do to try and help people with that and you know and we've had people come up to us after the screenings and they were really touched and it's the stuff that really resonated with some people um, which is obviously just great to hear because that's part of the reason we went out to make this film really yeah so what did you think about the, our audience uh, from the from the North American land talking about your film in the audience feedback video oh yeah that no, was great I mean they totally got it um, you know you make anything that's, that's mildly out there um, you know, I'm not a big fan of sort of like spoon feeding dialogue to people. I think if I can show something visually, why would I ever need to just explain it? You know, like yeah. it's, it's very, very frustrating. So obviously the one gamble you take with that is, well, will, will this work? Will the people understand the visual language you're trying to tell? And, you know, from everything everyone said, they, they just nail was on the head. Everyone got every element that we were trying to put across. Um, and, you know, finding other bits in it, which, you know, which were kind of, hidden in it that maybe people might not have got but it seems that yeah they really understood it and it really seemed to resonate with with the wider audience which is fantastic that's terrific so okay so you're you're yeah, you you just got a nice little body of work what's your what's your next uh, film you're making something right now so yeah at the moment um there's a few music promos that um are pitching potentially to do uh, with a band in Germany, um, and then one up north, or quite, another one who are quite big in Germany, but they're based up north. So we're working on that at the moment, which is quite interesting. Um, and it's quite, you know, taking away from everything I tend to do, quite hard-hitting stuff. It's quite nice occasionally to do something that's, you know, a bit more sort of flash and fun. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got a bit of that. There's a book we're currently turning into a screenplay, which goes back is a bit more dark and, and horrific and, and more kind of on the horror lines um, about a young girl who sort of wakes up and she finds out she's in purgatory uh, with a head injury and she can't remember how she got there. So it's about her discovering that and having to retrace her life in order to potentially move on, um, which is really good, but it's such, again, a dark subject matter. So, you know, when you start working on these things like that, you do end up going down these rabbit holes as well with those characters. So it's sometimes quite nice to step away maybe and, you know, do a, do a lighthearted comedy or something. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we, and then we've got some uh, TV pilot potential working on, which is a really big sort of sci-fi um, concept, which is very exciting. But um, So we're just sort of doing the last few 
bits and pieces to try and build that package together and then sort of ship it around really um we've got some little bit of interest at the moment but until we have pen to paper you know people want to see see what it is you want to bring so um yeah that's currently where we're at so you you've been in the industry for a while you do very various aspects like i think you do location management as well um so you're but you you said during your bio that you're uh, you worked with uh, director paul McGugan, uh, I guess he did some pretty amazing films, a, film, a lot of films I've seen as well. So what was the, what did you do? Were you his assistant or? Uh, yeah, so McGuigan. Um, yeah, so sorry. I started off, that's all right. So um, see, my journey's a bit weird. I'll try and do it quite quickly. I basically happened to start off in production because um, I was good at computers from a young age, really. So that just lended it to that. Um, but, you know, I was always making bits and pieces myself and that was always the dream. So, um, uh, and then we did a film called Victor Frankenstein and I was looking after the wonderful producer, Mary Bett, on that and a few of the executives from Fox. Um, and one day the director's assistant and the director fell out and I stepped in for two days, um, which subsequently and lasted seven and a half years. Um, yeah, and sort of started off as assistant, and then we ended up sort of going through choosing the projects, working on stuff. You know, if there ever was a unit, obviously it's quite difficult in America with the unions, and obviously I'm not part of the DGA. Yeah. So there would be bits where I could kind of advise and stand next to, but we'd always have to bring in a second unit director just because of that was the union rules, which is quite tough. Um, but it, you know, now and again, we kind of got in there, and I got, got to have a few bits in the accreditation for that, which was great. Um, and yeah, it was amazing. You know, traveled the world, made some incredible television and some great movies. Um, up until we did a show called Carnival Row, and it was kind of like, you know, there comes a point where you have to kind of, you know, set out for yourself. Yeah. Um, and put your own sort of a stamp in the world, really. So yeah. And then you, but you're credited on IMDb, yeah, because he did the pilot for a designated survivor. You're credited as your second unit director on that, correct? Yeah, so basically, anything you see only on the first episode, but anything you see on a TV screen, uh, was me basically. So, if they're watching TV in the scene, uh, we oh, went down gotcha. to a, a which local, is a lot, local, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of the visual effects elements were then worked obviously with the visual effects supervisor as well. Um, but yeah, so they, so that they was really blew good. up like um, Congress or whatever. They blew up the, the Capitol. They did. Right? They did. Yeah, yeah. They blew up the Capitol. And this is a real thing. I mean, it's. I, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the show, but last before we made it, you know, this is a real. There is a designated survivor, um, yeah. which is really interesting. When we did that to kind of research the whole thing and kind of experiment, you know, go through these things, especially as a as a Brit, like you know, it's not something we would particularly know about. Yeah. Um, and then having some amazing advisors from Washington going through so actually everything is pretty much um logistically correct so you know they have the, the, the briefcase and all of this stuff yeah uh, everything we had we had the advisors on set um and some great showrunners and everything else and the writers were fantastic so everything you know made sense and worked uh as if it was real cool all right man this is a great film like I, I, i'm sure it's doing well for you i wish you the best and let's talk when you make your next film, because I think this is like, it's so, you said you'd shut in two days with a minimum budget. It's it's amazing. And uh, so this was, uh, yeah, two and a half grand this was shot for. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's like every every dollar is in the movie. Let's put it that way. And, yeah, yeah, that's uh, it. Right? Like, I can't wait to see what you do next. I appreciate your time. I know you're outside in the UK and you're enjoying your, your the sunny day. So keep at it. And I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon after you make your next film. That's great. Fantastic, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. Three, four, five, six, seven.